You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked on Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of Dunkin' with Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the fan-sided network. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Today, I'm going to talk a little bit about training camp. Also, the James Harden news coming out of Houston, not necessarily relevant to the Timberwolves immediately, but given the obvious Timberwolves Rockets connections between the front offices um, and, and also I guess to this point, not really the rosters, but it kind of feels inevitable that there's going to be a lot of former Rockets headed to Minnesota at some point. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about that and and know the Timberwolves aren't going to get James Harden. If if you've seen that chatter, you know people feel like that may also be inevitable someday. It's not about to happen, and, and we'll talk about why. But are there other pieces on the Houston Rockets roster that the Wolves could take advantage of acquiring if there is indeed some sort of a teardown that takes place in H-Town. Um, also talking about the uh, the ESPN player rank, the first um, list of players as part of ESPN's player rank is now out. Players, I think 51 through 100. There's a couple of Timberwolves players on that list. So I want to talk about their rankings, if it's too high, too low, and the players ranked around them. We don't have the top 50 yet. Obviously, Carl Anthony Towns will be in the top 50. So that will be a, cop- a topic of conversation once we get to uh, that ranking, I think, later this week. Um, so that'll be what we cover in today's show. But first, as always, a friendly reminder, you can subscribe to Locked on Wolves wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked on T-Wolves. That's at Locked on T-Wolves. Don't forget... The T. All right. So let's talk about James Harden. Let's let's start there. Um, the latest news, if you've somehow missed it, is that Harden is officially, according to head coach Steven Silas, the, the poor guy, the, the, the new Rockets head coach, is, is referring to Harden's absence as a holdout. On the first day of training camp, they said that it was COVID related. He needed a quarantine, et cetera. He had not uh, quarantined prior to arriving in Houston. And now it sounds like he just isn't showing up. He didn't come to unexpected uh, appearance at a workout on Sunday. So on Monday, uh, Coach Silas started calling it a holdout. The word as of Tuesday, early Tuesday from Adrian Adrian Wojnarowski at ESPN is that Harden is now willing to be traded to really any contender beyond Brooklyn. So the other name floated by Woj is Philadelphia. Of course, Philadelphia is an obvious connection. Daryl Morey is there now. Um, They have pieces they can trade. They've got lots of tradable contracts and players with value. If Houston wants to try and, you know, not actively tear their roster down and get significantly worse by trading James Harden, which is going to be hard to do. It's really hard to execute a star for star trade or pull off a trade where you're trading one of of the leagues, you know, an MVP, a, a consensus top, still top five or six player in James Harden, um, if not top three or four, and not get worse. Um, I think it's inevitable that in any James Harden trade, Houston is likely going to be worse than they were with James Harden. Uh, but they could try and still be a playoff team. They could try and still be a team with some hope to have a competitive season, maybe get into the second round of the playoffs, which I guess, frankly, the last couple of years, that's what they were with with James Harden and first Chris Paul and then Russell Westbrook. Um, I, I guess more the Westbrook years than, than Paul. Um, you also feel bad for John Wall, who just got sent out of Washington to Houston because at least the Rockets made everyone think that they thought that Harden wanted to play with Wall over Westbrook. And even if that's true, it sounds like Harden's just completely out. Um, I could talk for a long time about how obnoxious it is that players can, can, uh, can 
I'm all for player choice, certainly in free agency, certainly if they have some leverage, but a situation like this with as much as Harden has left on his contract, um, you know, now they're leaking all this stuff about, about the, the culture at Houston. And, uh, there's a quote today. This was tweeted out by, uh, Rohan Ned Carney at sports illustrated. This is the, the tweet. It says some news, a person familiar with James Harden's thinking described the Rockets culture as toxic and called them the quote Knicks of the South. It's not what you want to be called if you're the Houston Rockets. Clearly, this is just, you know, Harden and his camp doing whatever he can to try and drag the Rockets down and drag them into, force their hand into making a move. Um, so clearly, the Timberwolves are not current suitors for James Harden. I'm not about to pretend that they are. There's an article on ESPN listing nine teams who have the ability to make an offer. The Wolves simply don't have the assets to do it at this moment in time. However, if this does get dragged out, the obvious connection being Gerson Rosas and now other members of the front office and actually the sports performance team and, and the analytics team. There's a lot of, of uh, connections between the Wolves and the Rockets. Um, it's not inconceivable to think the Wolves could try and find themselves in the mix. Now, we could debate all day about whether or not they should try and get into the mix. I mean, I think at the end of the day, if there's a top five player in the league available, we'll just call him top five for the sake of argument then uh, then you have to get in the conversation. As much as, as, as personally, I don't find Harden's game all too appealing to watch. And I, you know, I, I, there's, it would be less fun to root for James Harden, frankly, for a lot of Timberwolves fans than it would be to root for a team you know, of, of best friends and Townsend Russell and, and everything. But we know that Gerson Rosas wants to improve the roster and, that, and that's what he should want to do. So you have to explore any possible trade for James Harden. A trade for Harden, now we're talking months down the road. The reason why they can't do it now is because they're not going to trade Towns. They're not going to trade Russell. They're just, they're not. Um, you could theoretically include Russell in a trade for Harden, but I'm not sure the Rockets would do that. And I'm not sure that it, it really makes a ton of sense. So if the Wolves wanted to try and make this work, they'd have to wait until some of their recently signed and acquired players um, were eligible to be traded. So in the case of, for instance, Anthony Edwards, who is drafted, that's 30 days after he signs his rookie contract. So it looks like it's late December, roughly three weeks from now, when the Wolves could trade Anthony Edwards. Of course, his contract is under $10 million, so you need a ton of other pieces. Uh, Malik Beasley cannot be traded until the end of February because of his uh, his recent signing. Ricky Rubio can't be traded until uh, December 9th, which is, I guess, this week. Um, because, uh, normally that's, that's a, a three month process where you can't be traded or excuse me, a two month process, but because of the shortened season, apparently they are allowing, uh, this, this, uh, restriction to be lifted that otherwise would only allow Rubio to be swapped in a one for one instead of as part of a larger deal aggregated with other assets. So, so Rubio will be more, he will be eligible to be traded sooner. Again, I, I really don't think the wolves acquired Rubio, um, or re-sign Beasley to this deal simply to turn around and trade them. But if James Harden becomes available and the Rockets are somehow interested in a package of Anthony Edwards, Malik Beasley, Ricky Rubio, and a pick, um, that does it. That gets it done financially. I don't think that's going to be the best offer the Rockets receive. And then you're kind of a middling team because Rubio and Beasley and theoretically Edwards are good enough that you, you're not going to be the worst team in the West, most likely, unless they completely tear down. Um, I mean, I just don't think that's a likely scenario. But to be clear, this can't happen unless the Wolves were to trade Towns or Russell. The Timberwolves are not an option to acquire James Harden right now. So no matter what you've seen out there on Twitter, it can't happen right now. In a couple months, if this thing's still dragging on, it's possible. It's theoretically possible. I still think it's unlikely. This feels like it's more of a down the road James Harden, maybe after his next stop, if he's available on an expiring deal, you know, 
Rosas makes a play for him. It, it, there is this kind of sense of inevitability to perhaps Rosas ends up acquiring James Harden at some point, but it's not going to be this season. I really don't think so. I don't think the Wolves should should mess with that. I think they've talked so much about family and culture and they've signed these guys. They've gotten their guys. They went out and got Hernan Gomez and Beasley. They paid them extensions, perhaps overpaid them. They brought in Ricky Rubio. Um, they, uh, you know, have have made these these kind of moves um, on the periphery to, to support Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell. I don't know that it makes sense to try and cash in those chips for a guy who probably wouldn't be all too happy coming to Minnesota at this stage in his career anyways. Um, now, I will say that the culture that Gerson Rosas and the Timberwolves are trying to establish, and it sure seems like they are succeeding, is very important. Culture and, and you know, stars talk to stars, obviously, and culture is extremely important in today's NBA, and stars like to know that other stars have been treated well, and henceforth, one of the reasons why the Rockets, I think, are, are going to probably make a move sooner rather than later because the longer and the harder that Harden drags them as an organization, the, the more difficult it's going to be for um, their relatively new owner and their new front office boss and their new head coach to acquire star talent and, and write that ship quickly, the, the, the more and the, and the more that this drags on. So, um, you know, clearly the wolves building their culture and reinforcing um, that culture and family matters. If that's true, and if if Towns and Russell and others, and by all accounts, they do feel this way, if they all think the wolves are doing a good job of it, it bodes well for future recruiting of stars, or at least even if they're not signing these guys in free agency, if they're trading for a guy of the caliber of James Harden in the future, to at least be able to pitch the Twin Cities and the Timberwolves organization as a as a bona fide destination for a superstar, um, and that at least positions the wolves well in the future. It wouldn't, I'm sure Rosas has already inquired, has already talked to Houston because that's what he does. And that's, I mean, that's how he operates as a front office exec, but it's not happening. James Harden is not coming to Minnesota this off season, or I should say this season. Um, if he's still on the team in a couple months, you may hear the wolves floated as a possibility simply because they'll have all these guys that are not trade eligible, including Edwards, um, including Beasley. But I, again, I don't think it's very likely. However, what I do want to talk about, though, is the possibility of the Timberwolves potentially getting in on any sort of a sell-off of other pieces that the Rockets have um, here in the very near future. So I want to talk about that next. Before we do that, though, let's talk about our new friends at Headspace. Life can be stressful even under normal circumstances. 2020 has challenged even the most difficult times of life. You need stress relief that goes beyond quick fixes and that's Headspace. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. Overwhelmed? Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. Need some help falling asleep? Headspace has wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations that you can do with your kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's headspace.com slash LockedOnNBA for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash LockedOnNBA today. 
Coming up later this week on Locked on Wolves, of course, we're going to keep talking about training camp as it rolls on. And then we'll preview the preseason game on Saturday, the preseason opener against Memphis. And there's actually, there's two preseason games uh, in about a 48 hour span um, on Saturday and on Monday, both against Memphis, both at home. So a week from now, we'll already be two games into the preseason, believe it or not. So we'll talk about that later on in the week on the show. All right, now that we've established that James Harden is not an option for the Timberwolves, at least not in the near future, as a as a viable trade option, if the Rockets do, and I, I really should say if and when the Rockets do move on from James Harden, could the Wolves get in on any other parts that the Rockets could theoretically be selling off? Um, now, they did just acquire John Wall, but uh, I mean if you're going to trade James Harden, you're not, I mean, I, I guess they could still try and be a playoff team around John Wall, but it's, that seems to be tenuous at best. I think they'd be better off just kind of uh, selling off some assets. Maybe John Wall plays well enough. I, I don't know who you're going to get to take on 41 million, but I guess we've said that before about him and Russell Westbrook and Chris Paul. So perhaps if he has a great year and you know, they're like a fringe playoff team or whatever they can sell or they can trade him later, but you look at the rest of the roster. Is there anybody else the Timberwolves would have interest in? The answer's Yes, there's a lot of guys on Houston's roster that fit the bill of role players on a team that plays similarly to what the Wolves want to do. Um, you know, there's been a lot of comparisons of obviously Rosas being the obvious connection, but D'Angelo Russell is an extremely light version of James Harden offensively. And, you know, there's some of those similarities. It's what the Wolves want to do. The, the biggest difference, of course, is Carl Anthony Towns and, and the Rockets haven't had a big man like that. Um, but you look at their roster. I mean, they've got they've got a handful of guys that would be gettable in a trade theoretically. And the name we keep hearing the most is PJ Tucker. And he was actually highlighted pretty recently in a couple different places, but just a name that the wolves have. We, we know that they inquired about him on draft night or prior to the draft. John Krasinski talked about him on his podcast earlier this week as a, as a trade target, the wolves are very closely monitoring and are interested in PJ Tucker makes $7.9 million this year. So there's a couple different ways the wolves could go about acquiring him. You could try and flip Juancho Hernan Gomez. I don't know why Houston would do that um, because what does he do for them if they're trying to rebuild? Um, Jarrett Culver is the most obvious one. He makes just over $6 million, and the Wolves could, could I think, basically swap those guys straight up. Um, they could, yeah, 7.9 and 6.1. It's close enough where they could swap Culver for Tucker. I don't know if that's the smartest move either. Tucker's a free agent after this year. Culver still has trade value. I don't think, unless the Wolves are somehow convinced that P.J. Tucker is the missing piece to take them from, you know, the ninth or 10th best team in the West to like the third best team and, and he's not. Um, I don't think they're going to trade Jared Culver. Now, to be clear, I don't think that's the threshold for trading Culver is like jumping six spots in the West. But I do think that the Wolves need to be thoroughly convinced that their team will be significantly better in a trade if they're going to move Jared Culver. We saw that uh, when they didn't trade him leading into this year's draft. So, Culver's maybe the most obvious one, but the Wolves would try and get some assets back from Houston in addition to PJ Tucker. You could, uh, you can't do it right away, uh, but you could, you know, Ed Davis and another piece. And obviously Davis plays a similar position as PJ Tucker. They're, they're different players, but their minutes, um, you know, they overlap a little bit in terms of what they bring to the table. You could look, and again, not right away either because he just signed the rookie deal, but like, like Jaden McDaniels, if Houston likes him as a prospect, you pair him with Ed Davis's contract or you pair him with, um, you know, maybe Jarrett Culver and you get a couple of picks back from Houston. There's a couple of different ways that this could work. It also could be a multi-team deal. There isn't really anybody else on the 
on the Rockets roster that's a perfect fit for the Timberwolves that would be gettable and affordable. Eric Gordon's way overpaid. The Wolves wouldn't have interested him. Christian Wood just signed there and he's a really good player and would be a great fit in Minnesota, but he's going to be likely slightly overpaid as well. And again, Houston just signed him. So unclear on how hardcore they'd go with tearing this team down. Um, There's a few other really affordable pieces like a Gerald Green would be a nice fit. Again, though, he's getting paid the minimum in Houston. He just signed there. I don't know that he gets traded. Um, Jerry and Grant's another one who could be a a nice third string point guard for the Timberwolves, but just signed in Houston. Is he really that much better than Jordan McLaughlin? I I don't really know that that there's a clear, that's not, you know, it's not a slam dunk that he is. Um, So I don't know. I think Tucker's the piece that you'd look for from Houston. And I don't, I don't have a good handle on what his value is. He would have the Rockets would have multiple suitors, and I'm not convinced that the Wolves would be willing to give up Culver like in a straight up deal for PJ Tucker um, for a 35 year old uh, complimentary player who's going to be a free agent. And I don't know that the Rockets are going to attach many assets to PJ Tucker t- in order to land Jarrett Culver when they could probably just trade Tucker elsewhere and and get more assets back, unless they love Jarrett Culver, which you know maybe they do. Um, I'd be surprised if they did, but. We don't know. Um, so I think PJ Tucker is the one you'd have to look out for. I don't think it's likely. Um, I think the Wolves will try all the way up until the deadline to try and get PJ Tucker because he is such a perfect fit in terms of uh, a multi-positional defender, a small ball, big, a guy who can hit corner threes. Um, he can do really anything that they need a complimentary player to do between D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns with athletes on the wing. Um, he could play the same role in Minnesota as he did in Houston. So he is a name to definitely keep an eye out for, um, not just now, but down the road towards the trade deadline later on in the, I guess, spring this year, um, to be sure. But, but I don't know that there's many other pieces from the Rockets that would be likely trade options for Minnesota. All right. What I want to do wrapping up today's podcast is talk about where D'Angelo Russell and uh, Ricky Rubio were ranked on the latest ESPN rank um, that ranks the top hundred players in the league. So I want to talk about their rankings compared to where they were ranked last year. And also, you know, who's ranked around them? Was their ranking accurate and all that good stuff uh, coming up here next. Before we do that though, let's talk about our great friends at Built Go. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's not just a workout gel either. It's just like a five hour energy, but without the same crash feeling and it's natural. So it's better for your body. It's like drinking a monster, but with only a third the caffeine and better results. It's easy to take in just one and a half ounce packages. You can just put it in your pocket, your backpack, um, you know, your bag as you head out for the day. And it comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, chocolate, mint helps you get through the most packed day. We're all busy. I'm sure that you have uh, work, you have perhaps school, you've got kids going to daycare and sports and whatever, you know, you're golfing on the weekends or whatever it is that you're running back and forth from. Um, Built Go can help you get through it. It combines energy gel with collagen protein. It's loaded with good stuff to ignite everything that you do throughout the day. Beta alanine, vitamin B3, honey, and even a kick of caffeine. Collagen itself promotes joint soft soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better. Visit BuiltGo.com. Use promo code LOCKED. You'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Okay. We are officially in a player rank season. Um, so I want to talk about that. It's always a, uh, a fun conversation before we do that though. Um, we're, we're finally here. The wait is almost over. The 2020, 21 season is 
here, the Lockdown NBA podcast will get you ready with a special week of shows beginning December 14th. Get previews of every single team, division by division, from all 30 of our Locked On local experts, including yours truly, plus waiver wire editions from Locked On Fantasy Basketball, rookies to watch from Chad Ford, and predictions on each division from rejecting the screen. Subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's talk player rank. This is always a really divisive conversation and I mean, frankly, these lists, everybody does it a little bit different. Bleacher Report had one actually a couple months ago that we talked about here on the show. And I believe Russell, D'Angelo Russell was ranked in the 40s. Towns was, I think, 16, something like that. And it seemed about right. I was totally fine with the way that they ranked those players. I think Towns was like a few spots behind Jokic. He was slightly behind Joel Embiid. He was ahead of um, some of the other names that are often you know tossed around as, as the best front court players in the league. But now that we're to the preseason, basically, it, it starts on Friday for some teams. The ESPN has finally released their play rank for the 10th straight year. Unfortunately, they did not make it easy to navigate to past seasons. It has last year's rank on um, on the list, but it does not have years prior. So, you know, I maybe could do a bit of digging here and, and see what I can come up with related to past years. Um but this is, I should say it's an ESPN plus article. So you have to have a subscription to ESPN plus to read it, but I will, there's two wolves that were in number between 51 and 100. So I want to talk about them, who's ranked behind it in front of them and what their ranking is compared to last season. So Ricky Rubio is the first wolf ranked. He's ranked number 93 in the league. According to this last year on the same ESPN list, he was ranked number 84. Now, uh, there's obviously a ton of things that go into this, and just because one, you know, Rubio arguably had his his one of his better seasons last year, um, he certainly had his best shooting year. So it's a little weird that he drops nine spots, but then again, it doesn't mean players, you know, other players didn't get better, and so it's it's understandable why even if a player, you know, it's not being done in a vacuum, right? So it's not just saying it's not saying Rubio got worse; it's just saying other players also got better. Yes, he did have his second best effective field goal shooting percentage in his career. He had his second best field goal percentage, his best three-point percentage. All that stuff was up last year. Um, you could argue it was the best season of his career and, and admittedly a different role. I mean, he was still a full-time starter for Phoenix, but he was a huge part of of Phoenix going 8-0 in the bubble and challenging for a playoff spot and being in a, a position where they now felt like they could go out and get Chris Paul to hopefully push them over the edge and make them a playoff team. So a little bit weird that he actually fell nine spots in the ranking um, and players he's ahead of that are on this list. He's one spot ahead of Jared Allen, two spots ahead of LaMarcus Aldridge, who last year was ranked 41st and dropped 54 spots all the way to 95. Marcus Saul is 96. Derek White at 97. Otto Porter Jr. at 98. Marcus Morris Sr. at Marcus Morris Sr. at uh, 99. And Joe Harris at 89. Um, or excuse me, at 100. He actually fell from 89 on last year's list. So uh, I don't know. I mean, 93 feels a little low for Rubio. It's understandable. I mean, he may not even start this year. They've got him one spot behind Mitchell Robinson, two spots behind Seth Curry, three behind Patrick Beverly, Joe Ingles at 89, Jeremy Grant at 88, but he healed at 87. So, I mean, those, those are the types of names around Rubio. Um, if you would have just asked me, where does Rubio rank in the league? I'd say he's probably still a top 15 point guard, certainly, which likely puts him somewhere in the 70s to 80s range in terms of best players in the league. So it is a little bit lower than I would have expected. That brings us to Russell. And this one really surprised me. Um, I saw that he was ranked number 69 
And my initial thought was, huh, I thought he'd be in the 40s. Then I looked a little bit closer. Last year on the same list for ESPN, he ranked number 26. Now, he had no business being number 26 heading into last season, getting traded from Brooklyn to Golden State, coming off of an all-star season, which you can debate whether or not he should have been an all-star in Brooklyn, leading the Nets to the playoffs, and then getting traded in the sign and trade to Golden State with Durant going to Brooklyn. He was higher profile markets, all that stuff. So I get why maybe his value is inflated on a list like this, because it often is, you know, offense gets weighted way more than defense. 26 is too high. 69 is way too low. I'm sorry. It it needs to be somewhere in the middle, which is actually Bleacher Report had it right. They had him in, I think it was the upper 40s, like 48, 49. That's almost perfect. I mean, he's probably not an all-star. He's probably not a top 25 player. I certainly wouldn't call him that. I'd put him somewhere in the 40 to 50 range pretty comfortably. 69 feels really low for him. Um, And it's not like he had a a terrible season last year. All of his offensive numbers are right in line with what he did in his all-star campaign with Brooklyn. Um, his three-point percentage was roughly the same. His field goal percentage was only down slightly. His free throw percentage was better. So, you know, effective field goal percentage, true shooting, all that stuff was actually a little bit better last year than it was in his all-star season. His assist rate fell a little, but his turnover rate didn't go up. His usage rate was the same. I mean, you're basically just talking about defense and it's not like he was playing with a bunch of, um, you know, first team, all defensive players in golden state. You're talking about Jordan Poole and, and some of these other guys who he was trying to play defense with granted. He shared the court with Draymond Green a fair amount, but, um, I mean, 69 feels like far too low of a ranking for D'Angelo Russell. I would put him squarely in the forties um, and, and would say he's probably a, a top, you know, five or six top seven point guard, something like that in the league. Um, and I, I'm really surprised that he there. I mean, there's just not 68 players better than him. So let's look at the players ranked. He barely beat out Steven Adams, who's 70, Mike Conley at 71, um, who really fell from 24 last year to 71. Uh, PJ Tucker's 72. Speaking of, Boyan Bogdanovich is 73, Duncan Robinson's at 75, Miles Turner 74. So the players right in front of D'Angelo Russell, OG Ananobi's at 68, seems about right for him. Actually, maybe a little low for him. Eric Bledsoe's at 67, which is kind of crazy. Um, I don't understand how you rank Bledsoe you know, a couple spots ahead of, of Russell. Serge Ibaka at 66, which feels a little bit high for him. Blake Griffin at 65, down all the way from 23. Kevin Love at 64, down from 43. TJ Warren at 63, Bogdanovich at 62, uh, sorry, Bogdan Bogdanovich at 62, um, Davis Bertans at 61. I like, I don't know how you're ranking guys like Bertans, Bogdanovich, even TJ, TJ Warren's really good. Kevin Love. I mean, these guys are not all better than D'Angelo Russell at this point in their careers. Robert Covington's 60 up from 97 last year. It's just crazy that Covington, who had a good year last year, how does, first of all, how was he only ranked 97 last year? 60 feels a little bit high for Rocco. It just does. Um, and, and I'm, you know, this is not the sort of list that we should all get ourselves worked up about because there's, um, who knows how many different hands, um, you know, cooks in the kitchen when it comes to coming up with this list. And again, offense far outranks defense, um, or at least it should, it clearly didn't in D'Angelo Russell's case. Um, but at any rate, I, I think both Rubio and Russell were probably about 20 spots too low. Maybe in Rubio's case, more 10 to 15 spots too low. Russell, about 20 spots too low. I think he should be in the 48, 49, 50 range versus 69. Uh, we'll see where Towns is ranked. I mean, we know he's in the top 49, which obviously he should be. My guess is he's going to be in the low 20s. Um, I feel like he should be around 15, 16, like he was on the Bleacher Report list. But my guess is he's going to be in the 22 to 25 range, maybe a little higher, maybe 20, 21, something like that. 
Um, it doesn't say when they're going to release the rest of that list. If history is any indication, I would imagine later on this week, maybe the first part of next week. So we'll definitely talk about that. It'll be interesting to see where Towns ranks. But at this stage, I'm not terribly impressed with the list. Not really any other major notables beyond those few names that that barely beat out um, Russell. I will say Lonzo Ball's at 54, which is just bonkers. Um, I mean, he's a good player. He's a, he's a starting caliber player, but he's not better than D'Angelo Russell. Um, he, he's just not. And, and I, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit, um, perplexed by that. And, and again, I understand the argument defensively. Lonzo Ball's a better defender than D'Angelo Russell. I get that. Um, I, I just, he's not a better player than, than D'Angelo Russell. And it's really not that close. He's certainly not 15 spots higher than, than him. So that's crazy. Um, I guess, I guess I'll, well, I'm at it a couple more Yusuf Nurkic at 53, that's aggressive. I understand that everybody, you know, he missed a lot of time with his injury. And so people forgot that he was good, but, but he's not that much better than D'Angelo Russell, Michael Porter Jr. At 51, he's really good. And I'm excited to watch him, but you can't confidently rank him as the 51st best player in the NBA at this point in time. Um, there, there's more than 50 guys better than Michael Porter Jr. So at any rate, this list is, is kind of all over the place. Um, very intrigued to see where Towns ranks. Although I, I don't know. I don't think it'll be that controversial. I think it'll be something like low to mid twenties and he should be eight to 10 spots higher than probably where he will get ranked. Um, but we'll deal with that when we come to it and I'll do my best to not get too upset about it. Um, you know, given, uh, given what we know about how these lists and what we don't know about how these lists are actually, um, put together. All right. That's all we have for you on today's show. Of course, the show is daily, so we will be back on Wednesday. Um, there wasn't a ton of new news out of training camp today, so I didn't really get to, to much there. Just, you know, that the team's actually putting out some B-roll on social media, or at least to beat reporters who are then putting it out. Um, so that's kind of fun to watch. Nothing notable really out of camp, except for there's still, I should have mentioned this off the top, but there's still three players who aren't participating. Nas Reed, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, and Juancho Hernan Gomez are all still going through some COVID protocols. The team hasn't said whether or not they tested positive or whether it's just um, you know, maybe they came later and so they have to quarantine longer or whatever the deal is. Um, but they are not yet participating in the team portion. So that's something we'll keep an eye on. And uh, if that changes at all, if we get more news, obviously we'll talk about it here later in the week. Thanks once again for listening to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked On Network is your local experts on the biggest stories. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you prefer to get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On T Wolves. That's at Locked On T Wolves. Don't forget the T. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.